ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to episode 42 of the Chris and Andre Show. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris, at least for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> there it is. Um, I might we become wor- Cristo Ball. <laughs> it's time for politics. We were going to record during the uh, election returns, but wiser heads prevailed, and we realized that would be a bad idea. <laughs> I, I mean, you say wiser heads prevailed. The message I got was. My wife wants to watch the returns with me. Yeah, and I was wise to realize like that was. Yeah, no, I mean that wasn't an option. I understand (laughs) that. Uh, I guess in that way, yes, wiser. I mean, you didn't make this stupid husband mistake, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I don't think it would have been necessarily like a terrible thing for us to be recording. I was trying to figure out exactly how I was going to do any sort of like streaming because i don't have anything you know just have my phone i guess or you know i thought about like grabbing that crappy antenna that i have in my living room and (laughs) hooking it up to the monitor you gave me a little tv (laughs) and being like oh yeah look i got the i got the news on the local news but yeah i think um i'm i think i'm what i'm actually planning to do tonight is not tune in at all like it, I'm done. What is the point at this point? Like, what am I going to tune in tonight for, so that I can watch all of these news stations go like, "We think it's going red. We think it's going blue. We think it's going red. We think it's going blue. We won't know until tomorrow." And like Chuck Todd sitting there throwing out the, "If this is what happens, America is doomed." <laughs> like, well, I, have you? Seen, I mean, my my parents watch a lot of NBC, right. um, especially like on the weekends because they like w- w- Willie Geist, I think, on the Today Show or whatever. And yeah. yeah, like the number of times that they would cut to Chuck Todd, and my dad, my dad just does not like Chuck Todd. Um, I'm with your dad, and he's like, that's the only thing I don't like about Willie Geist is that he always talks about how he's a good friend of Chuck Todd's, and I was like, Dad, they're they're coworkers. Like he's he's he. It's probably not even that they're that friendly, you know. Like this is just the on air, <laughs> like throwing it to my friend Chuck Todd over in you know. And he's probably behind the scenes, like God, what a wake. But yeah, yeah. He's, he's, from, he's from Florida. He's like, yeah, I don't want. And to he's sitting there doing the touch map, and it's like, well, if Trump wins here, you know, or, or if Biden wins here, he wins. If Biden wins here, he wins. If Biden wins here, and they're like giving him all the Trump, and then it's like, basically, if it plans out this way, and Pennsylvania is left, and it's a tie, and then nobody has, and I'm like, yeah, okay, doomsday scenario, but <laughs> like, uh, so you got to understand, Democrats are there. There's a lot of PTSD from 2016. Oh, I'm you know? well aware. I mean, Trump, that's what I think I'm going through. Part of it, you know, like I, I wasn't. You remember? I mean, yeah, I wasn't. Here's, here's the this thing, tape four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> They're going. The Republicans are going to lose the Senate. That is a silver lining. Worst case scenario, the Republicans only lose the Senate. Um, and. I have a, I still kind of feel like I, it's like watching Conor McGregor Mayweather. You know, everybody was all hyped up for McGregor being Trump, and Mayweather just kind of paced him out and beat him down. Um, now, to my boxing aficionados out there, 
Mayweather is a boxer. McGregor is not. That was never going to be a thing where, where McGregor was just going to pummel, you know, Floyd Mayweather. I never really well, understood the point of that fight. He honestly, got, he got paid. That's well, that's, okay. That was the yes, of that. outside of the obvious. <laughs> so you know i i think i'm excited actually this is kind of like a christmas for me i want to see donald trump lose and i'm okay with just the republicans losing the senate like at the end of the day i'll be okay with that so i guess like what what happens in the weird scenario where that where that doesn't occur what if what if it's not the blue wave and what if it is somehow a red wave (laughs) Another one. Yeah, that that tells me if that happens, it tells me that America's racist. Like it just it solidifies the fact that this country is built upon and has maintained some level of white supremacy. Yeah. I saw a funny but also sad because it's so true uh meme or somebody, you know, post on Twitter where it was like you know, the sad thing about America or America is getting ready for its second civil war. And the sad thing is it's still about the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're not, I mean, you're not wrong, dude. Like I, um, I really think that for me it's, and I was clearing up some of the articles I've been following in Google news and I'm noticing a trend of white supremacy like when I read, reread a few of them, that is a lingering effect and a lingering problem of this country. Um, that, does it make me uh, unhopeful for the country? No, but I can just delay my gratification of things getting better because I just have to accept the fact that, you know, if Donald Trump wins, then this country is truly racist. But I guess, I mean, because if he wins, he's not going to, it wouldn't, I guess, okay, let's walk back my red wave scenario and focus more on, let's say that, yeah, okay, the Senate flips, the Democrats retain the House and, or increase their majority in the House, but Donald Trump is still elected by the thinnest of margins to the White House, um, I just, I mean, what would that mean for the next four years? It would, I feel like it would mean nothing, right? Because then it would actually it, they could they could roll back all of his executive orders. Well, right, and then they would immediately it's figure out how stalemate. to go through impeachment again. Yep, right, stalemate. It's the ultimate stalemate. Yeah, like that's that's the you know. Then there's nothing to protect him. It's literally nothing. To, it's kind of like one way or the other, he's out. And that's what I, you know, I'm kind of like, well, they're going to worst case scenario, they get the Senate. If they get the Senate, you know, roll the dice and watch what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I'll probably, I say that I'm not going to watch it at all. <laughs> I are. will probably, you know, check things at some point and then be really mad at myself as I'm lying there in bed, you know, watching whatever freaking news coverage, uh, and, uh, but I'll tell you this: you know the Republican Party, it's, it's, it's dead. Like there's the Trumpists, and I think actually uh, people have been saying Trumpism. That's a new thing, and uh, Trump Republicans and Trumpists has actually come up, which I'm pretty excited that 
you know, I got to contribute to that monologue or that dialogue. Well, and you know what they call the female Trump supporters? Trumpets. But I'm dumb. Insert. I I uh I, I just think <laughs> I think that uh so I don't need to give a disclaimer but I'm disclaim going to away <laughs> so for me why I voted Republican was you know people like Colin Powell you know the smaller government giving people literally giving people an opportunity um a stable military, you know, I, you know, for the example, my parents from the military and I know what that meant uh, or know what that means to military families and those that serve. Um, that party doesn't exist anymore. I think it started dying uh, probably the second part of, of uh, president Obama's term, if I'm being honest. Um, yeah. I mean, they kind of just went all in on the like obstructionist style of you know government (laughs) yeah (laughs) where it was like instead of working at all with the other party to try and accomplish anything it became so much more about blocking the other party from doing anything that there was nothing that i mean the number of times that the government was shut down or threatening to be shut down and that they had to meet and the all of these you know and all the while these guys are collecting paychecks like i still don't understand how that's a thing but I know we've talked about all of the, and that's where, you know, I mean, like we've got a long ways to go. There's a lot of work to be done to clean all of this crap up. You know, like we've really found ourselves in a bad position at a bad time, but I'm with you and that I, I am, I have just enough hope. It's, it's, you know, I feel like the Grinch, like, and hope is, is the size of you know, my heart. <laughs> right? like, or the Grinch's heart is my, my hope. Um, and I'm hoping that through the night it'll grow three times at least, but it's, uh, I don't know. I, I, dude, I, I mean, I spent the weekend in Carolina beach and it's hard when you're down there and you see all of the Trump flags and, you know, like seeing the stuff on uh, the, about the bus in Texas and the, you know, the turnpike in New Jersey and the bridge in New York. And it's like, you know, I get that it, my my thought is, is that that is not part of the silent majority, but rather the ridiculously loud minority, you know, that is going out and causing these problems. But I, it, the fact that people still don't look at that and his response to it where he's like yeah fucking kill people i don't give a shit they're not you know i mean the guy's sitting there saying go out and vote unless you're not gonna vote for me dude you <laughs> you know one thing that i never really understood about star wars like this is like probably some i'm gonna ramble for no a little do bit. it i like this i like where we're going here <laughs> Like I never understood how people like in the empire thought they were going to win. There was so much divisiveness, even in the empire. Right. Yeah. And like, I've never read the books, but I can just tell you from the movies. I'm like, your plans, your team sucks. Yeah. There's a lot of you. looks like you guys are balling out, but at some point you're going to destroy each other in which they did. Right. And if you look at the MAGA hats and I keep thinking of like, why does he wear a hat? <laughs> it look, it reminds me of like 
the evil empire and freaking Nazis. It does. I mean, the hat comes down to that's the other thing I don't understand is like how shallow is his head or how deep did these make these hats? I mean, I get that like he's I I just um I'm trying really hard. Uh, you know, like uh, audience, I hope you understand. I'm not in a good mental state tonight. Like and and I there was part of me that that almost messaged Andre and was like, I don't think I can do this. Like I, but I am here for you. I, I want, if nothing else, I wanted to capture this moment on this podcast and on this video so that I could remember how you felt, how right? I felt. You know, man, welcome, welcome to my world, right? Yeah. So. I this is um, I, I you know, uh, no, like I honestly. Uh, <laughs> I hadn't thought about it from that perspective, but yeah, like I, that. This like sucks. You're, yeah, you're hopeful, but you're like, yo, it could be, it couldn't be. Like, there's a lot of things where you just learn to level your expectations. You yeah, know? I mean, John Legend made me feel a little bit better, man. But I know, like, I, what was it? I was watching Saturday Night Live. And Michael Shea was like, why is it that the only time you ever see white politicians talking to black people is when they're looking for re-election? Like they're trying and why do they think that these rappers speak for all black people? Like that is not how this works. Like fucking little Wayne puts cough syrup in his sprite. Not everybody thinks he's a good role model. <laughs> it pisses me off. I mean, for I don't care. Like this is the we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like you, we, the black community has a tendency to look to celebrities for what their opinion is on something because they have a voice that we know that other people are listening to. My my concern with that is, like it's a, it's a catch twenty two, in my opinion, because people can be easily manipulated, you know. And first of all, I don't want to say this, like, but you're well, say I, I'm, I mean, I'm yeah, I mean it. First of all, their job is to be entertainers. I really don't give a crap about their politics, their social views, or anything. I don't care about Ice Cube. Like, I like his music. I respect him. Like, yo, that's, I don't know him personally. Yeah. I mean, you better, it's not, you better it's, walk that back a little bit. I don't care uh, <laughs> about Ice Cube. You have, like, I mean, like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying, yeah, I know. Cube, you know, you know what I mean. I'm not taking a dig at dude. I'm just saying, like, Usually I'm the one what? out here like <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to take a dig at Cube. I'm just saying I don't care about his contract with Black America. Because like if I if I'm being honest, did this, you sign this part is, where you were you uh... nobody asked me what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so what gives him the right to speak for me, right? And exactly. he's an LA dude. Things in LA are not the same as they are in New York. Okay, and not and, only that, but I mean, the dude's a multimillionaire. Yeah, like, he's getting paid. Yeah, I mean, so uh, I don't know if you saw. I meant to send this to you, but there was a video going around where it was like, um, I think, was it Jamison Crowder? No, Isaiah Crowder. I think like the one of the defensive backs in the from the NFL, and like Chad Johnson and um, Brandon Marshall sitting around talking about politics and. Crowder was explaining why he votes Democrat, even though he's, you know, like he knows that his taxes are going to go up. And he's like, because I'm not voting for me. I'm voting for everybody else that they are going to help. Yes. 
when Obama got elected, I looked at my check and went, wow, that's a lot less. But I realized that ultimately that money was going to help other people and to benefit like other people. I'm not at that. I'm like, he's like, there's nobody else that I know that's at my level. You know, like nobody, like none of the rest of the people are where I'm at. Why would I vote only for the way that things affect me and think that my taxes are the only thing that matters? And the other no. two guys are sitting there kind of looking at him like, like Ocho Cinco was like, man, fuck you. Like, <laughs> you can tell. I didn't, I meant to go back and watch the whole thing because I didn't end up catching their, their actual, um, you know, responses to it. But it was just, it was really interesting because I think, you know, that's, that's, kind of the way that I I try to look at the way that I vote is not just like, how is this going to affect me? You know, but like who, who is ultimately is somebody getting the raw end of the stick, you know, or the raw end of the deal here because of who's getting elected. And if so, I'm not, I'm not down with that. I don't, I personally think taxes should be done differently. I believe in a flat tax personally. (laughs) I think we need to like rewrite all the tax rules and just come up with some type of flat tax done move on um but i don't think one issue voting is going to it it's not sustainable because that's why we are where we are right now this is this literally is a pivotal point in how we decide um and i i'm not again i'm not knocking you know little wayne or ice cube for who they are and their business decisions but it's like yo you don't speak for me i don't care who you endorse like that endorsement means jack to me like i don't care now, on the contrast, when you can go, when you can look at LeBron James, who not only has reached that level, but he's doing, he's like turning around and doing things to help people out. How can people crap on him? It's like, look, you can like him as an athlete. He's put his personal life and his public life, like he's mixed them together, but he's also putting his name and his face on the front of something that he believes is positive. Yeah. That is helping people. So, if you're going to criticize, do it fairly. I can't say, I don't know what little Wayne's ever done for the community. So what does his endorsement mean to me? I don't know what cube has done and it's not, well, I know right. he did the whole in, the basketball league thing. That's yeah, but, a business venture. Exactly. Right? And, and but I, I don't know outside and, of that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's not to say that he hasn't done anything, but yeah. as your point is just that, you know, not aware of it. And yeah, I mean, it <laughs> It would be no different than, you know, like, I, I don't, uh, friggin' po- like Post Malone, you know, endorsing President Trump and being like, you know, th- I speak for all white people. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> fuck no, you don't, brother. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, some- but I don't make that many permanent bad decisions <laughs> when it comes to my body. <laughs> yeah, and they have some cat little pump. I'm like... Oh Who yeah, the hell is he? I these, what? I mean, yeah, little pump, and I, I don't care about these. How people. many lils do we have now? That's the other thing I just don't way, understand. Way too many. Way they, too, like the just... names are getting out of control, and it's not even like it's all just the same crap, you know? Like yeah. it's just the same variation of something else. Like at least you know, like Eminem, nobody had like they, you know, like that was a name, just a name, <laughs> like, like Jay Z, right? Like that wasn't, you know. And now it's all little this, MC that, and I'm just. Eh. It's corny. I move on. There's nothing original, you know. Like we were talking about. And I know we're not. I'm not trying to go down like a whole music whole thing, but I do feel like we've gotten to a point now where everything is so recycled and so copied, and it's all just about how do I do what this other person already did so I can be like them, you know? Not like 
Let it inspire me to be greater. Let it inspire me to pursue this path and figure out how to, you know, be my own type of musician and create my own style of music or whatever it is. But instead, just like this copycat, you know, I mean, it's like the crap with the, the Instagram influencers. I was listening to a story that was talking about these people are going out and buying used shopping bags and used yeah. empty boxes from stores that they never shop in that people that rent a freaking private jet set <laughs> to go take pictures and have like 30 different outfits and then post pictures every other week throughout the, I mean, we were talking the other week about social media stuff and how you have to basically, you know, like if you want to get engagement, you have to stockpile all of this content and then schedule it out and have, you know, just like, and that's what these people are doing. But I don't understand how that's a job, how that's a lifestyle, how you're like, I'm spending money on this jet set and buying empty boxes of these places I never want to shop, but I pretend like this is a, some attainable lifestyle for everybody, right? Like, oh, you can do this. All you have to do is be pretty and blonde like me. And it's like, yeah, it's a, yeah, we are in this, it's toxic. It's bad, yo. And I'm not blaming that on Trump, but I'm just saying like, I am. No, I'm not. That's <laughs> it's not. just like, it's just greedy, yo. And it's like, it again, it's selfish. Not, you know, like I it's all people- about image instead of substance. Like when did we, I, I can't, I'm, I've been trying to look back and figure, and I know that it's not like an instant, you know, like a, a split in the timeline. Started but in the eighties. Yeah. I just, you know, it got to this point where it was all about image and nothing like project this image, you know, fake it till you make it. Like, no, uh, that not that's not what that means. Like, yeah. <laughs> that means act, you know, like pretend like you are the best. Prepare like you are the best. Prepare like you're the starter, even if you're the third string quarterback, because you never know when the two guys in front of you are going to go down. Right. You know, but that's never happened to Russell Wilson. <laughs> Everything goes back to Russell Wilson. Everything goes back to. Do you see his Halloween costume? No, I, I don't even I don't... know what that dude, who he was supposed to be. It was crazy. It was something like black spacesuit, and he had like big, crazy dread hair or something like that. I'm I mean, good. like he is on such a different level now. It is ridiculous. <laughs> His kid is adorable, though. I don't fanboy on people like. Well, I do, but not yes, him. you do. Stop it. Just because yeah. you do, oh, you don't like Robert Wilson. <laughs> what? I, all right, let me finish my thought. Okay, I, you finish I your thought before I go off into my Russell Wilson territory. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get this out of my head because I just think that. I really think here's a couple of things because this is like down this really weird spot for me. All right. But don't take too so, long because we only No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you got all night. <laughs> so so Trump is all like, yeah, I've got more of the black vote. Dude, you, you have 3% more. So let me just break this down. Wait, to more of the sense. black vote than what? Than he did last time. Literally 3%, 3 to 4% more, right? That's fine. There are black Republicans. Got that. Yes, some people are going to vote for you for whatever reason. Got that. You are not doing crap for black people. I don't care. Mm, he's done more How, for the black community than any president since Abraham Lincoln. You know, I was thinking and, about this real quick. He craps on every other Republican president. I thought Reagan was like untouchable. Yeah. Uh, like nobody. And he, I mean, nobody has said shit. Like, what about Ronald Reagan? No, fuck Reagan. That's what Dude, Trump is the last two decent, honorable Republicans that I can even attest to, and a lot of that goes back to even my own voting history, I voted for McCain, I voted for Mitt Romney, 
And unfortunately, I voted for uh, Marco Rubio in a primary. I regret that vote. But I thought he was an honorable person, right? Hey, we all make mistakes. But so I'm two, out, two out of three. Yeah, I mean, and, and ultimately, it's it's acknowledging, right? Hey, whoa. I, yeah. I thought about that this week, right? That some of the local election stuff where I was voting, and I'm doing, you know, the research that I can. But then, like, I'm sitting down at the beach watching local television, and some of the political ads that they're running down there, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. They're like, you know, this dude hates women. And I'm like, what? <laughs> he, he literally just had an ad on the spot before where he was like, I've done all this for farmers in America and I'm in love North Carolina. And then it's like, did you know this dude fucking hates women more than any person in America? Like, he, I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Are we talking about Steve Troxler? Yes. <laughs> Yes, we are. How did you know? <laughs> All you had to do was tell me part of that commercial, and I'm like, yeah, pass. <laughs> <laughs> and those commercials only show... Dude, I've been doing like serious homework on this stuff, right? And I've looked at where ad spin was, and I looked at where they were put, playing certain ads. That's how I knew it. Like, that ad only showed up a couple times in Wake County in the like around the uh around the rtp basically right and then it showed in more farm uh heavy areas yeah and new hanover is very yeah farm heavy on this on the one side so I, I guess my point is when i look at politicians i'm not expecting them to be perfect that's why i voted for cunningham because <laughs> i'm like i don't care <laughs> like it's you know this is not my problem but i do expect them to do their job you know, that's where I've had to fall back until, and here's my, well, this is like a jumble. Until the amount of people that have voted this cycle vote for other candidates in other parties, we will always have a two-party system. We've literally just again proven that we are not beholden to a two-party system. And I don't know how to make that more clear. Like, how is it possible back in 94 or 92, whenever uh, Bill Clinton ran the first time, that Ross Perot took 13% of the vote? Yeah. Right? So we have shown in since 2018 and now 2020 that not everybody's voting, basically. Right? And we're showing especially this cycle that more people could vote and they probably just don't for whatever reason until the crap hits the fan. So my point is if there's a, like, for example, Bernie Sanders, he's probably not going to run in 2024. If Bernie was the guy build the infrastructure to get a freaking party outside of some random crap. Yeah. I mean, and I I hear you and I think ultimately it's got to start, with somebody younger than Bernie, you know, now, right. True. Like that's, that's where somebody like maybe, you know, I'm, and I'm literally just throwing out a name, but like AOC, AOC. you know, mm-hmm. um, could, could look to forge her own path in that way. But yeah, like you have to have the coalition behind you and start building the infrastructure so that 10 years down the road, you have a party that is ready to go to war on an ad and spending level with the other two, because ultimately, and that's, that's the thing that I think is so sad 
is that what it is? It so often comes down to well, who has more money? Who's spending more money? Where are they spending the money? Who spends their money better? How are these? I don't understand how these political ads are the things that influence people. That's what I don't get. Dude, that's my point. And I think what you're what you're about, you just kind of read my mind with that. Excellent. It's not true. Bernie Sanders has proven twice he does not need the war chest of the DNC to be competitive. Yeah. Like if people stop long enough to like get their heads out of the sand and said, huh, that almost worked. What can we do differently? Just for like one, one congressional cycle or one house cycle, then you get, you get the traction. I'm not advocating for some random party. I'm saying like, we're proving again, 2018 and 2020, we are not, we're not in this whole two party thing forever. Yeah. That's, that's my point. There were a lot of other candidates on the ballot that I looked at when I was voting and I'm like, uh, was it Mark Howe that had all the yeah. signs like legalize it? <laughs> the Green Party. Um, yeah. So it's funny because when we were talking last week, that I actually thought about that when you were saying that, you know, there is expected to be this big shift. The Senate's going to change over with the way that things have gone with the economy. I almost wonder if you're going to see that move towards full across the board at the federal level decriminalization. And a move to allow to open up states, right? And to free them from the issue of like federal processing and allowing that money to go into banks and that kind of stuff over the next eight years, 10 years. I mean, because if the parties are splitting on the right and you're going to basically have a bunch of fighting between what remains of the Republican, the scraps of the, you know, the empire. And gonna, yeah. <laughs> what is it that uh, Kylo Ren leads in the, you know, like that's where we're kind of at with this um, to bring it full circle. But you know, like it's um, the second death star is going to get built and we just got to make sure that we blow that shit up. Before they use it. It's, it's going to blow. It's going to, first of all, it'll blow itself by itself. It'll blow up. By it'll itself. blow itself. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if it does it enough blow like John jr, then probably. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be on self. It's going to be built with self-destruct already turned on. Right. The crappy part is the Democrats have got the same ticking time bomb. They do. Like, I don't know how long the, the establishment Democrats can manage the progressive wing of that party. I guess so, the, the thing that I, I forget sometimes is that this is not, this is, I mean, these are not the only two parties that have existed in the history of our country, right? Right. There, there was a time where neither of these parties technically existed. Right. And that evolution of political parties has at least so far been a very natural part of our government evolution and the evolution of the people. And I think that may be, right, we're getting to a point now where what if... What if it is the middle starting to come together, right? I think I think that's what's happening right now. If yeah. I'm being honest, is and that it, you're starting and... to see the everybody recognizing that we've let the minority groups on the extremes kind of control and dictate the conversation, and that right. the people in the middle are starting to come together and go, you know what, this is freaking ridiculous. Yeah, I I've been saying that s- silently for years. I'm like, Wait, dude, how do re- you say something silently? Well, not like, well, you know, privately to people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't, 
<laughs> I don't I don't know where I was going with that. Now I'm that just I... mouthing it out into the universe. <laughs> so reasonable reasonable people always exist. That's just the when you start doing the math, even my back of the neck and math with like who's going to vote for Trump, right? You start to separate the chaff pretty pretty quickly. Like there's going to be fringe groups left and right all day every day. You can't do anything about that. The yeah. what you have to recognize is don't let those loud minority groups take over the conversation. To yeah. your point about legalization, I think that can happen. You know the workaround around the banks is? Collaboration. Synergy. Thinking outside the box. Raising the bar. Breaking down silos. Shifting the paradigm. Disrupting the market. Business. Create uh, savings and loans, create credit unions. What about cryptocurrency? Or whatever, but you just don't have to have it FDIC insured. Well, and so, yeah, uh, I I bring up cryptocurrency. I don't think that's going to work. Well, and uh, (laughs) I want to get, if you, do you have any thoughts on that? I I think it's, uh, to use a word from one of our former coworkers, it's very nascent. Um, <laughs> but that hurt. Yeah, I know. But I don't think on a global market, I think the global market is the problem. So like, I, I, I bring it up because I, my dad has a friend who is, who I guess trying to figure out, uh, he wants to do some presentation to his employees about, cryptocurrency because he's been doing all of this research and a lot of the presentation felt very tin hat tin foil hat to me you know this like the governments are going to seize all of the banks and they're going to limit where you can move money and all of this stuff but in does terms work, of looking does he, does he work for QAnon? I <laughs> He's a very nice guy. The few times I've met him, I don't know his political leanings or conspiracy theories in full, but I just, I don't know, like some of the things that he was saying in terms of, you know, it as an investment tool, um, because of the refund, the, the, you know, finite cap of the number of uh, blockchains and all this stuff in it. I started just doing a little bit of research because I've never, I, you know, I knew a little bit about it from some folks that we worked with at area that had, you know, invested and lost a shit ton of money. And then, right. you know, it's gone up and down. My biggest concern is always just like that volatility. You know, I'm not, I'm not a very. It a, doesn't matter. It's the global exchange. That's the problem that people are, they're overlooking just out of convenience. Right. So if I'm. And then, yeah. That's where I kept coming back to is that ultimately what it boils down to is what the exchange rate is for other dollars. And he's like, well, you got to be taking your paper money and putting it into cryptocurrency. And I'm like, okay, but I, then you're telling me not to spend my cryptocurrency because that's like spending gold. But how do I live? Like, I can't, you know, like, what am I supposed to do here? <laughs> yeah. So I, I think the problem with, and I'm not, and a cryptocurrency expert, I can just look at the obvious and just tell you, it's kind of how like English is speaking in most countries, even though that's not their, their national language, right. you know? Well, if you're going to do business, generally people speak English. And generally right? you accept the U S dollar. Right. And so, or you can exchange it somewhere to, yeah. you know, for whatever local currency is most unfortunately, fortunately and unfortunately the dollar is the benchmark. Although we keep having these ups and downs with the Euro. So in order to make cryptocurrency like 
a real legit thing, especially consumer level, you have to figure out what that looks like with displacing the euro, the yen, the US dollar, gold. Um, I mean, and I'm not a currency market expert. I can just tell you from what I see, we haven't even figured out the day one issues as, as to, for example, how does China keep inflating their their dot? I mean, their um, their currency, right? And how do they how do they get to flood the markets with their currency and pull it back so quickly to where, at the end of the day, they win the game? And then my brain stops because I I could probably dig into it, and I just don't want to. It's yeah. just that's the problem that cryptocurrency has. Yes, it would be very convenient, but the reality is most people don't. They don't. Most people don't carry. Um, a digital wallet like a that. digital wallet number one number two the u.s is way behind when it comes to digital transactions unlike europe and asia number three like people don't have currency for the most part even though we're not as uh ahead of the, or up to speed as in europe and asia most people don't carry currency so there's a lot of move, moving parts i don't get it maybe if you're out there and you're a cryptocurrency expert hit me up yeah but i just don't think it's it's ready for prime time yeah and that's i mean that's kind of where i was at you know um i felt like it was i mean i thought i learned a lot about it that i didn't know before so i found the presentation actually really useful um but it wasn't something where i came away from it going man, I got to take all of my investments and dump it. <laughs> Although I did think, it, I do think it's kind of interesting that now the one thing that I think I might look at is that they, there's some well, like, uh, what is it? The GBCT or something like that is a globally traded. It's the, it's the grayscale fund or yeah. index, right? Which basically is a mixture of all of the different cryptocurrencies and you can actually invest in that through like Charles Schwab and these other investment firms in your Roth IRAs and other investment portfolios where you can do pre-tax money into that. And so I think it might be interesting to take a small portion, you know, right. of my of my investment portfolio and see, okay, let me take 5% and put it over here yeah, and see what I, it not... does over the next couple of years, right? Like not not going, all right, everything over here, all in right away. Because that's, I mean, that's not me. I'm not an early adopter. Um, yeah, and I think that, you know, until people like Warren Buffett or, you know, any of the other big traders start to carve that path out and what it looks like, to be to be fair, I don't even know how those things will do on this on the exchanges. Yeah. Um, because we're, we're talking about a theoretical change to global currency. Right. And the acceptance rate of what that's going to look like. And then you have to figure out, okay, how easily can you exchange it? Do, does global volatility affect the value in one place versus another? There's a, there's a whole plethora of things that people, yeah, you can get excited about it, but it's probably not ready yet. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm with so, you in that. I think that it's still missing some of the infrastructure ultimately. Yeah. And, and the, the universal buy-in that you need and not necessarily universal, but you, you need a, a majority buy-in at some point that people say, okay, this is the way we're going to go. And I do think that further down the road, we probably do move to a strictly digital form of currency that we don't have paper money and that sort of thing for the most right. part. Um, you know, that in the, in the, uh, what do they call it? 
not first class countries, you know what I'm talking about. First world countries. <laughs> first class countries, not America. We're like, we're flying coach. <laughs> uh, we're Southwest, baby. You got that backward seat. You got to look at the person in front of you. You got nowhere to put your legs or your luggage. And you got that freaking flight attendant that thinks he's hilarious. So, <laughs> I mean, since we're talking about money, let's talk about uh, some business stuff. Some business stuff. Yeah. You know, I was talking. I was talking about marketing and how all that kind of gives you a precursor of what what's going on in companies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apparently, freaking Walmart had this viral video of some chick quitting. Right? <laughs> it was epic. <laughs> I, I watched it. She's like, Dick and Sam and and marketing, they're freaking perverts, and she just like blasted everybody. She goes, and they they fire uh, people of color for no reason, and I quit. I was like, dang yo. And then to follow it up, McDonald's is getting sued again by black franchisees. Yeah. Well, then they had some employees at a, at a specific um, location, I think, that were suing them as well for discrimination, saying that yeah. they were exposed, you know, like subjected to constant harassment and, you know, derogatory language and, you know, not being eligible for promotions and advancement and you know the same like shift opportunities as their white counterparts and mcdonald says no problem we're gonna go grab this black guy from another industry and we're gonna oh did you know that by the way he used to work at mcdonald's perfect dude remember that stupid number i told you where like less than 10 percent of these people are actually going to make it into the executive branch yeah that's what it was great i was like jimmy the greek and it's true it's like you know the companies that are going to start having problems by the commercials they're they're showing you. Well, that uh, the article you sent me about the McDonald's hire, right, um, was talking about how less than two percent of their like top executives are non-white. You know yep. that like there's only um, <laughs> like two members of the twelve-person board or something like that. Like I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, and that's. That's not just McDonald's, right? Like, that's the thing that I think a lot of people miss is that, yeah, McDonald's is the one that's in the news right now, but that's across the globe. This is this is what has happened. This is why there is so much fight against this stuff. And it's also why there's such a freaking fight for the entrenched people that have all this power. They don't want to give it up. You know, like, I want to be able to throw my white friend a bone and put him in a position on a board that he doesn't earn and he doesn't deserve because, oh, I feel more comfortable because I can talk about our whiteness together. I don't have to worry about saying something inappropriate and getting fired. Like, that's also why you have a Travis Scott meal and a Jay Balvin meal. Like, it's like people follow the movie. Like, when you start seeing things like this, there's a reason for it. It's pandering one-on-one. I want you to think I like you because I'm going to break Travis Scott off a little bit of money. And, oh, by the way, you're going to give me money because I'm giving him this deal, but I'm going to get you to come buy more stuff for me. And we're all winners. And then, I mean, like, how is that any different than Ice Cube, Lil Wayne, Lil Pump, like all these guys that are like siding with, I mean, you know, these guys are siding with corporate America. Like, to the, be fair, <laughs> It's time for politics. Wait, again? 
Trump didn't. I mean, Trump was not endorsed by Ice Cube. To be fair, I want no, to. No, you are right. You are right. That was. I'm not. And I. I'm not I got what Cube. Cube was saying. You know, was basically like, look, both parties approached me. One said, "Let's do it now." The other said, "Let's do it after the election." I also get why Biden said, "Let's do it after the election," because he's not in office. What is he going to do now? You know. Yeah. And I think, to some extent, you know, Cube's got to kind of look at the optics, as much as anything. And, and if he, cares. if he, lo- right, if, and that, that may be it. I think, I think you're absolutely right. Is ultimately Cube is like, what the fuck do I care what these people think? Um, yeah. But, you know, like, I think he's also seems like he's kind of pissed about the blowback. And it's like, well, you also kind of had to know that that was coming. Like, if you're going to go do that, you well, got to kind of expect that you're going to get some shit for it. I, I'm not oh, saying here, it's entirely I'm, justified, I'm, but. Yeah, I'm going to defend Cube on this one because Trump's campaign played him. Basically. Well, yeah, of course. They they literally like he went to have a conversation and they played it like he was their boy. It was like the um, episode of Parks and Rec where Leslie Nope goes to meet with Councilman Deshart and they take the Pawnee son takes a picture of them having dinner together and it was like, yes. oh, they're off having an affair, right? They blow it up as this bigger thing than it actually yes. is, and he's like, oh yeah, this is perfect. This plays great <laughs> for me. I'm just gonna run with this, you know. And that's yeah, exactly yeah. where, Cube, you know, it's like Donald Trump's like, oh, this is great. Yeah. No, they think that Ice Cube is coming to endorse me. Boom. I got black people. Yep. And, you know, I, again, I'm not with Cube. I'm walking a fine line here. I don't think he speaks for all black people. I understand. I understand what he's doing. Yeah. But and I do see where Trump's squad played him, to be fair. Lil Wayne. Yeah. And let me also say this. <laughs> I'm sorry. I totally just brought it all back to that. I didn't even mean to. (laughs) Let me just say this. I don't care who you vote for personally. Like, but I will say if you're voting for Trump at some level, you're okay with racism. Yeah. You, I mean, that's, that's what it was. You know, it's not like the, uh, well, this is my, you know, I can't vote for Joe Biden because I'm against abortion. Okay. But you're, that means you're also okay with everything else that Trump does. Right. I saw some guy that was arguing, you know, well, he may be a total deplorable human being, but these are some of the best policies that I've seen in my 40 years of government. And I'm like, all right, first off, he's not even the guy that's responsible for any of that shit. And most of the stuff that they've enacted hasn't actually had any impact yet because that's not how it works. Like, you're not really seeing that much of a difference. I mean, like we were talking about, right? Okay, yeah, you're getting more back in your paychecks. Guess what? You got way less back in your freaking tax return. Like, that didn't balance out. You didn't come ahead there. And the only people that did were making, like, like LeBron money. Yes. Making you money. And yeah. I'm okay. And, and here, I don't care who you vote for, but it does say a lot about you if, like, at the end of the day, if this guy's doing dog whistles and we've got, like, the mini Nazi army just popping off, you got people trying to run buses off of highways. You've you got, got them people- digging up dirt on his freaking son. That's not even real. That's not even real. And just literally throwing whatever shit they can at the wall he's it's 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 uh you know fire fauci well yeah it's it's deals in ukraine it's deal it's child pornography it's you know he's getting money for biden it's it's all this stuff and it's like none of this oh the whole freaking tucker carlson documents right the missing documents and then ups finds them why haven't we seen the documents also who takes the only copy of documents that you have and sends them through the mail, right? You, nobody was, made a copy. You don't have a scanner. You don't have a fucking fax machine in the 21st century, Tucker Carlson. You're telling me fucking Rupert Murdoch can't buy you a goddamn 
tax machine, fax machine. This is where I'm at with this stuff. These people think we they're so Can I just correct you on one thing? Yeah. First of all, Rupert Murdoch's dead. Is he? Um, <laughs> Who am I thinking of? His son. But but aside from that. Who's the guy that owns Fox? His sons do. But I believe Rupert Murdoch is dead. Rupert Murdoch is no, he's still alive. Oh, God, I thought he was dead. This Why is me is hanging dead? on the rim after I just dunked on you. What? I thought he was dead. Is Actually, dead? you know what that was? You were going for the dunk, and I was LeBron coming from behind and swatting that shit. <laughs> I slapped that against the backboard. Yeah, he's still alive. <laughs> You're right. Okay, maybe. Well, he's 88. No, so I know, he, but it's like you know. I mean, because he owns News Corp, and so like the whole all the stuff at the Wall Street Journal now, where it's like their I opinion know, I, side versus the news side, and I tell you what, the Wall Street Journal, it's been showing its colors lately. Oh, really? Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I'm like, yo, like you guys used to be super neutral. Well, but this is where happened. they're at: is that they're having like massive infighting within these organizations because yeah. you have the people who still have some shred of journalistic integrity. They're like, no, I'm not putting my name on this shit. Like the stuff at the New York Post, and then they slap somebody's name on it when she doesn't even know that they're going to put it on there. I I tell you, I mean, here's the contrast I'll make between. Donald Trump and an actual person that cares about this country, John McCain. When a lady was saying that president Obama was, you know, not an American citizen and all this other stuff, John McCain was like, Whoa, hold no, we're not doing that. Like when we lose the base, like we can disagree all day long in politics. That is the part of politics that we're supposed to do. You know, make each other better, challenge the ideas and make it, sh making sure it's good for the country. This guy, he, he likes to hear people saying, lock him, lock him up, lock her up. You know, he, he dismissed the fact that his supporters were going to possibly kill the governor of Michigan. And that's okay. He is trying to say, well, you know, don't tell anybody, but after your election, I'm going to fire Fauci. What? What, what are we doing? There's that's who you're voting for. That's my point. It's like, look, yeah. And the, and the policies are all there. That's all. That's nothing. He's got no policies. And actually I take that back and I don't, I'm not a Van Jones guy, but he made a good point. Trump did make some in grounds on police reform in the criminal justice system. Trump did make some in grounds on providing money to HBCUs. Yes. Sure. But he cancels all of it by opening his mouth. You know, and he didn't even make the inroads on Tim Scott made the inroads on a lot of that stuff. He gets to put his name on it. Yeah, he signed the bill, but he didn't do anything. Yeah. Was like, he sitting in the room negotiating what was going to yeah. be in the bill? No, because nobody care. wants to sit with that dude. Yeah. And he's done more for black people than possibly perhaps Abraham Lincoln. Yeah. I, it, it's, you know, it's, I mean, like the, the only thing I can ever think of over the last four years that I am like, okay, I mean, aside from those things, right, is like getting out of NAFTA, you know, because that was not a great, but there's been no real solution to it. It's like, it's like everything else where it's just like, we're just destroying whatever Democrats put in place before. And we're just leaving the rubble there. You know, this whole thing with Obamacare, where he's like, we're, 
we're running it as best we can, even though it's a terrible thing. And we're trying to get rid of it through the Supreme Court. But if we can't, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing. Like, really? That's your solution? Let me make a correction. His uh, U.S.-Canada-Mexico trade deal. I, I don't know what the acronym is for it. It's pretty much NAFTA with a couple of like small changes. That's that's the fact of the matter. Well, and that's what I, is that there wasn't a real solution, right? Yeah. It was like we got out and then we jumped right back in. You know, yeah, he, like <laughs> he wants to say, uh, and, and I've I've actually noticed that even President Obama doesn't call the Affordable Care Act Obamacare. He calls it the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. I think he what never gives, wanted to call it Obamacare. Yeah. The fact that it's even called Obamacare is what gives Republicans a stiffy. Like, well, yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> they're the ones that came up with it. They labeled it yeah. Obamacare because they wanted to to have it be something that people would vilify. not get behind. Exactly. Yeah, we we want, can vilify we it because we tie it to the person, right? And tr- how many times now has Trump said you shouldn't even call it Obamacare anymore because I got rid of the individual mandate? Okay. Yeah. That's and, and that's literally he will say that and then because he literally didn't do anything else that's what I did I got rid of the individual mandate where wait where's my applause somebody yeah. hit the applause button <laughs> he's he's and I I'm I'm hopeful and I I really am hopeful that he he has to leave like I'm really I'm done with the guy. And I think uh, I will say this, look, looking at people vote, especially in Texas, yo, big ups to Texas, yo. Yep. They have surpassed their votes from 2016. Before entire- today, just in the early voting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I, we're on, they, they were saying that with early voting that we were on, we're on pace for 150 million. And I don't know that we're quite at there still, but you know, I mean, even still, we, we are going to probably shatter most records in most states this Here, year. Here's what I'll say. And I, I, I haven't looked at a lot of the polls and they're talking about even early returns for Republicans. And I keep thinking to myself, huh, that's interesting. Okay. But we're, nobody's actually even ventured to say, what about Republicans that, that are not voting for Donald Trump? <laughs> I happen to know a couple of them. <laughs> I am pretty confident there is a ton of Republicans that are not voting for Donald Trump. I mean, like, I think you're actually going to see a reverse of what we saw in 2016. You know, like it's I be a collapse. Yeah, I think because you're going to have every the the middle and Democratic side that and, and even like, you know, I mean, people like you that just sat out from that part of the election last time because of your reasons. Right. That those people are all now like, fuck this. You know, like I fucked up or not even I fucked up, but like we as a country fucked up last time letting this shit go down. And I'm not about to stand by this time. And I think like that's kind of where I've been stress wise. <laughs> it's like I didn't I don't feel like I stressed enough about this in 2016. And so this year I'm just like, fuck it. I'm going all in. Like, give me the ulcers. <laughs> give me the panic attacks. You know, like nobody thought it was going to be this bad. You no, know? I mean, like, like it. it, it it, you know what? Like for three years, it wasn't. And then, I mean, because there were bad parts. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't the collapse that I, the immediate collapse that I expected. And then, holy shit, when this stuff hit the fan, I mean, and, and it makes sense, right? It's a massive crisis. He has no idea how to actually run anything. It's anything. all PR. That's all he's ever done. He may be a marketing genius in that way. He's not. Right? But he's not. 
but he might be, but he's not. Not. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, I. <laughs> but sorry, so we for, we came all the way back around to politics again, and yeah, I I. I mean, it's, it's not surprising. I was this was going to be our election special, so. Yeah, I mean, so it, it's I. I think there's going. I think North Carolina is going to go blue. I hope so. I mean, I, I really like think about. So I looked at some polls over the last couple of days, and Cal Cunningham's up on average between three and seven points. Yeah. So I have a, and actually Roy Cooper's up on average like fourteen points. Oh, Dan Forrest is a joke. I mean, Dude. if so, that was the other funny thing was driving back from the beach last night. The number of signs and billboards on the freeway for republicans which tells me they are very worried they're dumping a shit ton of money at the last second hoping to get all those farmers and everybody else out voting because they don't feel very confident about where things are heading i mean i being like all bought in, all sold out for Trump was a bad play for any legit Republican. And I think Mitt Romney, seriously, Mitt Romney, hats off to you for having integrity. I will say this, although I don't agree with how it played out, Amy Barrett, Barrett. I don't know her middle name, or maybe that's her hyphenated name. Coney Island. Yeah. I think she's qualified. I may not agree with what her personal beliefs are, but I think she's qualified. If she wasn't qualified, she wouldn't get, she would not have gotten nominated for the seventh district. No, I, I, I don't disagree. You know, I don't, I don't think it's a matter of her being unqualified. You know, right. I think it is, it is more a matter of the continue. And, it, and look, I, it certainly isn't exclusive to Republicans and it isn't only just over the last several years, but like the hypocrisy in that specific situation, you know, yeah. the to have sat there f- five years ago and said, nah, and now to sit there and say, well, the only reason we did that was because of this, even though at no point when that was happening, did we say that this was why we literally were just like, nah, fuck you, President Obama, we aren't going to elect who was also a perfectly qualified individual right. in Merrick Garland. And so, yeah, like I think uh, if I'm Judge Barrett, I'd almost be furious that this is the way that I got elected to the, or, you know, nominated and, and put on the Supreme court that, that, that it is essentially, I mean, same with freaking Kavanaugh. Like you have this bastardized process that essentially taints everything that you are associated. I mean, like everybody that he has appointed is now yeah. going to be tainted with this Trump stain, you know? And I mean, we thought the Bill Clinton stain on you know, <laughs> Monica Lewinsky's dress was bad like this. That, that was the uh, smoking gun for him. I mean, oh, I, yeah. Well, he's smoking I mean, something else. <laughs> I just, I think, so I think for me, it's kind of like, all right, well, let's move on, right? I'm not going to – and I get the whole, like, the conservative view, and I, I I don't even like that word anymore. I don't know what it's – I don't know what that means anymore. What are you conserving? Yeah, I just don't get it. <laughs> White power? Um, not the environment. <laughs> not <laughs> so, our resources. <laughs> yeah, right? And to listen to this guy talk about we're, we're in energy independent. Dude, you didn't start that. 
Like you literally did not start that. The oil drilling started with Bush. It capped off with Obama, with President Obama. I mean, you guys know what I mean. And this is where we are. Yes, we are one of the largest oil producers, but we stockpile most of it. We still import. Then there's the whole debacle with OPEC. So you can't ever act like we did something awesome here. Yeah. And I mean, like, I I get the producing oil and stockpiling it and importing it in terms of your long-term strategy, right? Because the idea is you use up your competitor's oil to the point where there isn't any left. And then you have this massive stockpile that you're sitting on that, you now it's, you know, I mean, you're basically buying futures in oil right? is what you're trying to do. But at the same time, what you are also doing is fucking over the American people and making them pay more for petroleum-based products because you are forcing the import of that from OPEC and having to pay these exorbitant prices and deal with these stupid oligarchs and all this shit. And <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it's I, I'm just saying, like, there's not, I mean, I, I don't I get frustrated watching, I got frustrated watching his campaign rallies. It, may, it reminded me of when uh, President Obama was saying, and I'm not going to raise the capital gains tax. And everybody's like, whoa! And I'm like, you guys have no idea when you pay capital gains. Yeah. He's and not talking are... to you. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking to his rich supporters. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, guys, like, uh, who of the 20-year-olds in that audience, who owns a house? You know? And, yeah. and don't get me wrong, President Obama had a lot of, you know, snafus. I think the whole same-sex marriage thing was that really should have been pushed back to the states. It should not had to be as big of a deal. And I think that's why that fight got so ugly. I still think to this day, the reason why it got so ugly was because the federal government got involved. And I will tell you this, and I still believe this. If your state starts effing up, move. Go to somewhere where you can be and breathe and live and when those states start to have their bathroom bill moments, they will change their legislation. So I'm going to challenge parts of that. Sure. And that I think not everybody has that opportunity. I, I know. Right? Not everybody's in a position where they are to just up and move somewhere else, right? And I, I would say that to – I know – I. This is not like a direct analogy. I'm not saying that they are on the same level, but I, I guess I kind of go back to like um, segregation. Yeah, segregation, and looking yeah, at you I, know, I like told, if it I, wasn't kind of pushed down from the federal level, you'd still have states that are segregated, right? I, I, I and so I, I, I you know, so historic historically, yes, I get that. But think, think about the last part I said, the bathroom bill moment. Yeah, like we. I'm telling you, there's something that switched in this country since the bathroom bill where you cannot do those things and, and think your state will not be impacted. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm with you 100% on that, that you can't you can't be the <laughs> you can't go backwards at this yeah, point. You, you know, like you, you can try, but you're ultimately going to get so much pushback from everybody else. And you're going to have that moment of you can't tell my state what to do. We are going to do it. But then when everybody when the companies leave. Right. That's when it becomes an issue because that's where your tax base really is. And that's, again, that's part of the issue that we're having here. That's where I think you're absolutely right that we need to look at more of a completely rewriting our tax code and saying, no, like 
individuals are the tax base, right? We're the ones supporting the government because ultimately we're the ones that you need to be fucking like helping. We're the ones that should be benefiting from this stuff, not, you know, corporations at the expense of the individuals. It's fine if, if one of the best anti uh, Taylor's commercials starts with, we don't have lobbyists, an army full of lobbyists from North Carolina representing us. We have a Senator. And Tom Tillis has failed. He's taken $400,000 from this company, 500000 That's That's the... And again, this is not... Like, my thoughts on this are not all coherent. And I get... Not no, mine neither. Can... I mean, I'm, I know we're, like, jumping all around, and I'm throwing a but, lot of shit out. It's just... I, it, my, it's the stress. <laughs> my point is... My point to say that is... And even the whole move, right? If enough people that can move, move, and people ask them, you know, why are people vacating your state? If enough people, enough companies say, we're not going to do business with your state. If enough people like move, whether that be their company, their physical location. And just like people are leaving Silicon Valley for the mountains, just like people are leaving New York City, but they're regretting it. They want to go back uh, because of COVID. Like, you don't think those, <laughs> you don't think those places will change. They will, right? You start to reset the board when you have when you take that collective, like, hot chew moment, and you sneeze. You're like, "Yo, that hurt. We can't do that again." Yes. So- and I think just to piggy because I think the other element, right? Because it's 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 a <laughs> to steal a term from Brooklyn Nine Nine. It's a meat fork, uh, like a two prong attack, right? This is our two prongs, like a meat, much like a meat fork that you would use to flip a steak on a grill. Um, sorry, I've been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine Line lately. It's that's my that's my calm down show. Um, but it's the other element is getting involved in your local government, right? Like not looking at your state or your um, you know your your federal government to be the one solving the issue and and coming down, but instead figuring out how do I go into my local school board and you know, address these issues that are going on? How do I go into my local government, into my community and provide the resources that are necessary to, you know, reallocate tax dollars to fix the stupid potholes in Morrisville? Uh, Like those are the things that's, that's honestly, like I am at that point, I think where I'm ready to, and that's where I'm going to stop. Like interest in terms of my involvement, like the level of government that I want to be involved in, I don't want to go above local. Like I don't want to be a state senator. I don't want to, you know, like even necessarily like a representative. I want to be a local, like part of something local where I see the tangible results and I'm like I interact with the people on a daily basis, my community around me and doing what I can. Because I think if everybody, right? who cared enough, took the time to do that stuff, things would be that much better. But in a lot of ways, I feel like we've kind of maybe gotten away from that as as almost a responsibility, right? Well, there's there's always a certain level of separation. I saw this in, in, uh, in corporate America, right? You get a promotion, you're once removed from what's happening in operations. You get another promotion, you're once removed again from operations. And you, and it happened, you know, so I would make it a point to schedule time to be involved with my team. I can only imagine what that's like if it takes millions of dollars to get a Senate seat, if it takes million, even a state Senate seat, you know, and 
the question that I have to ask is, why does that remain true? Now, granted, you could probably do a lot of, you know, campaign uh, reform, campaign <laughs> reform and, and like a grassroots fundraising, if that's really needed. But the question is, why does that remain true? And I heard somebody say this, I think it was probably Chris Cuomo. And he was arguing against somebody, but he counterpointed himself in a way that made so much sense. He actually said, well, you talk about term limits. Well, we have term limits. It's called an election. And I was like, man, that makes sense. But then it goes back to what you were just saying. We are not, we are once removed because we feel like we don't have the, it's not our responsibility. We're trusting these representatives to be our lobbies. They're not doing their job. And that whole cycle, whether it's uh, campaign reform, whether it's uh, term limits and, and being informed about like, what's our memory, our real long memory on if the person did their job or not, yeah. you know, are we, all those things are the root cause of a very solvable problem. And I think right now, this November 3rd, 2020 is a country that's saying, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like, like he didn't blow it up, but it's super bad. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, and, and he sat there and threw, you know, everything that he could and the kitchen sink at the excuse, as far as excuses as to why we're in the position that we're in now, you know, it was the greatest economy the world has ever seen. I did blah, blah, blah. I did this and that. And then China virus, bam. And everybody's politicized it. And oh yeah, everybody else has politicized it. The man who wouldn't wear yeah. a mask for the first freaking eight months. Um, you know, but I just, it's, it's, I mean, I still don't understand the the concept behind these like last minute political ads and stuff. You know, I, I uh, who's watching that and going, "Oh wow, it's I all you know I was gonna vote for Joe Biden, but now I'm gonna vote for Donald Trump." Like I just, it I, it's all ad spend. They have to get rid of most of the money so they can keep some of it in their coffers. Well, and I, I mean, I, you know, it's like any budget, right? You if you if you're given $10 million to spend, you better spend 10 million because if you only spend nine and you're successful next year, you're only getting 9 million. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's the whole, it's the episode of the office where Michael's trying to figure out, do I buy new chairs for everybody or do we get a new copier? That's right. Like, and what does he do? He takes the freaking check. Well, that's what he was going to do. He was going to take the bonus himself, but yeah. But it's, what's, what's sad is that uh, the Trump campaign started out with uh, what was it? Almost a billion dollars. Oh yeah, I mean they almost a billion dollars. They started campaigning four years ago. I mean, almost. he never stopped. That was the whole thing. Like he has just been on one long political campaign. And but he's broke. He again. is. Like, no, I like know. Every... That's the whole thing. He spent all that money in three years when he had no no opponents. He bought a Super Bowl ad when he didn't have a specific opponent yet. He's he's in. I have fired. I fired a guy that reminds me of Donald Trump some years ago. He was from Massachusetts and he always talked a good game, but he never did anything. And I would catch him on this all the time and be like, yo, man, look, I hear all the words you're saying, but can I, which show me the results now? Like when we meet in two weeks, I want you to bring me your PL. So you, I mean, you had your, your Jerry Maguire moment. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> what? Show you- me the money. <laughs> and i will tell you it was a come to jesus meeting and it got so bad and i'm not putting this guy why well, i am i'm not saying his name but this dude lied about one of his kids being sick 
this is how pathetic this guy was. And I was like, yeah, you got to go. I mean, I've worked with two to three Donald Trump type personalities in my career. And I have fired every single one of them for being lazy POS. It's just, it is what it is. The guy's got to go. He's incompetent. You know, he's just incompetent. I, uh, the last thing I'll say on this, and then we can switch off of politics if you want, because I know we've been, it's chewed up a good chunk of our time. But I did see uh, a certain former E-area uh, person, let's say, um, who showed up on my Twitter feed because he retweeted or commented on some video that some other guy had posted. And I watched it. Just kind of curious to see, because I figured it was political. And it was basically, it was a Halloween kind of ad. And it's, you know, this family goes up to the front door and the kids all have face masks on, you know, like, and there's a couple that opens the door not wearing face masks and they give the kids candy. And then there's a person in a Joe Biden mask standing behind them. And they're like, you know, oh, that's kind of funny, Joe Biden. And then it's like, you look kind of familiar. And they're like tapping the Joe Biden characters, like tapping their foot and like holding out the bag of candy. And then they rip off the mask and it's uh, Kamala Harris. And she's got a face mask on that says Harris 2021. And I'm like, okay, for, first off, you guys got to work on your numbers. And it's just <laughs> like the whole thing felt so. I don't know. Racist. Well, racist <laughs> and stupid and. Like the the whole mask thing, it's like, you know, it's a the kids are wearing masks, but the family that's at the door handing out candy directly to them isn't or aren't wearing masks. Like, what is the point of this? What are we doing here? You know, like I I the whole thing didn't make sense, but the fact I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you who it was because I'll just bleep it out. It was who's like, thank that was hilarious. Let's get him. And I know who that motherfucker voted for because he is all about himself. When it comes to his tax dollars. All right. I'm going to put some pepper on it. F*** that guy. <laughs> Please and thank you. <sighs> so I want to end. Here's my last thing about politics right now. Yeah. All right. We each get a last thing. I like that. All right. If this idiot says, if Joe Biden's president, he's going to cancel Christmas, 4th of July, Thanksgiving, birthdays, graduations, Hanukkah. I'm like, my dude, you know, like right now, we just canceled all that stuff and you're driving the car. Like, and who's going to, who's going to cancel? Like, we're, then he's like, we're, no, we're never going to have Christmas again. They want to get rid of Christmas. What are you talking about? Like, he had eight years to get rid of Christmas. Why wouldn't he have gotten rid of it then? <laughs> He's been incentive for, for especially with the years. secret Muslim as a president, right? <laughs> like, I mean, this is where none of this makes sense, right? That's where I just continue to kind of look at this and go, how can anybody side on with them, right? How can anybody look at that and go, no, I mean, it's the Democrats that are the crazy ones, you know? <laughs> like, you healthcare for everybody? Fuck that. You know, I don't want anybody healthy but me. If somebody else is healthy, that means I'm not healthy. Like, I just, and yeah, I get it, right? Again, we can talk about how we do it financially. We can talk about how do we pr put this program in place so that it is effective and it isn't a giant fucking waste of money. But for the love of God, like, can we not figure out how, how we help people 
get help when they need it, right? Like that's what it, they, it shouldn't cost you $10,000 to have a procedure that is going to save your life right. where you're literally sitting there going, if I don't have $10,000, you know, I'm either going into debt and now I've got debt collectors calling me every day, threatening to put me in jail if I don't pay them for my medical debt that I would have died if I hadn't had the procedure. I mean, that's just, that's the world that we're like fighting for, I guess. And that's you know, what really frustrates me. You know, a sobering thing I saw in 08 and 09 people that I knew were well off and some of them had to get like part-time jobs in grocery stores. So I'm just going to say this, right? It's all fun and games until reality starts to, you know, knock on your front door. So there's, and I'm not all about big government and, and nope. everything socialized. I'm saying like, at some level you, as a country, you have to prepare. Like you literally have to prepare. You literally have to do things that, are for the betterment of everybody, not just for yourself. <sighs> All right. Enough of that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what do you want to talk about next? Sports. Yo, I saw a title of an article when I was checking up on sports and I wanted to send it to you, but it literally said Chargers got a charge. <laughs> oh, I mean, so you know me, right? Big Chargers fan up until this year. Right. And I check in because it's like, you know, how you doing? You're not doing that good. Not since not since you got rid of my boy. He's looking a lot better than you. Um, But yeah, it's uh, I mean, look, I'll be honest. My mom is still kind of a Chargers fan. And so we were watching Red Zone um, on Sunday while that game was going on. And she was like, you know, kind of pulling for the Chargers. And I, and I was pulling for the Broncos. because I'm like, well, first off, Bradley Chubb. Um, yeah. And second, I was like, I want Andre to be happy yeah, on I was Tuesday when we do this. Like, I don't want him to be miserable with the election and then having a Broncos loss on top of that. Um, yeah, man. I mean, like, seriously, that was great. I, I was super, super happy for you. Um, yeah, I mean, dude, what can I say about Patrick? I mean, uh, Philip Lindsay. Like, not enough. I mean, uh, was it Drew Locke? Drew Locke was yeah, firing I mean, bullets, man. Dude, that's was, what I'm saying. Like, dude was I tossing it. lasers out there. What was that? I got to trust Elway. That's the, the hard part of be, about being a Broncos fan. Like you have, there's a point where I have to say he, as a quarterback, he knows. Okay. Stop. stop he knows. Stop. That's knows. the hard part about being a Broncos fan is that you have because, to put your trust in the general manager. That's the hard part about being a the, fan of any team. You have to put your trust in some other people, Andre. That's what sports <laughs> is. That's how this works. No, with the QB choices, sometimes you're like, Yo, my dude, for real? Really, we're going to do that? And then you see Drew Locke just, like, doing good stuff. Yes. Like, I, yeah. Locke. Look, I think, I mean, yes. Elway, I, I'm i with you. And, that, and and I've criticized him before. I mean, like, the dude thought Brock Osweiler was going to be the next yeah, something, yeah. right? And that I, he's, Brock I think he has Brock started to kind of narrow Brock in. Brock could have been. No, he couldn't. I, I think he, no, I think he started too early. I think he could have been. He needed some more time learning the game at that level, in my opinion. But Maybe I, I, you know, um, anyways, <laughs> yes, I was, I was glad to see, uh, it was, a, it was a weird weekend in football. Um, I mean, you had the Titans lose to the Bengals. Yeah. Um, exactly. and I mean, the only reason I care about that is because of the Colts, uh, Phillip rivers threw three touchdowns in the first half and then basically just cruised the second half. Naheem Hines had two touchdown catches and did two Backflips with a 
quarter twist or something. I don't know. Like, dude's freaking acrobatic gymnastic flying through the air in the end zone. So his knee gives out. But yeah, I know. Dude. Trust me. I, so I keep saying, like, dude, stop that. Um, but then I got to watch my my Seahawks take a take a pretty, I mean, like a beat up San Francisco team. But I mean, a division rival nonetheless, and basically just spanked the shit out of them for three quarters. Um, And I mean, I, you know, like, I don't, I don't like to see guys get injured on the other team. Jimmy G got his ankle twisted up. He's going to be out for a month now. Uh, George Kittle. I kind of laughed at that one because he went up and made a great catch and he gets up and he does like, like a, like three points. And I'm like, you're down by 17. (laughs) <laughs> in the fourth quarter dude like what are you three-pointing like you know i just I, that's the stuff where i'm like okay you know like the cornerbacks who through no fault of their own right have the pass go incomplete and then get up and are like yeah not in my house and i'm like dude you literally fell down before the ball got there like dude let me pause you let me pause you i want i didn't want to talk too much sports i wanted you to explain that crappy text you sent me about play action oh yeah okay go for it no what do you know what's the question why'd you send me that uh because we had the conversation on here where you said play action is never successful i bet that it's it's not successful more than 50 percent of the time in the nfl and you got russell wilson coming out here and going a perfect 13 for 13 with two touchdowns and over 100 yards on third on play action passes and they don't even have a good running game i mean dj dallas had two touchdowns but it was more like you know i mean like i i'm just saying dude like play action works it's a reason it works. That's why I sent you that. I wasn't trying to be a dick. I was just I was like, like my, I was like, my dude's throwing shade. It right wasn't like, shade. It was just, but you can't, it take was my, one, it was proof of my, okay. One, you can't take one game and tell me, all right, I've, I'm vindicated. No, that's I'm not you, saying that's that. How I thought. No, I'm okay. Like, that's not, I'm sorry. That's not how I meant it. What I was simply <laughs> saying is this is one data point. That okay. is on the extreme, right? I understand that most quarterbacks and most teams are not going to go a perfect, you know, whatever for whatever that's, with touchdowns and all that stuff point. on play action. But when it used properly, it is an extremely effective tool. So my uh, I, I simply my argument what? was your Madden experience does not <laughs> translate directly to what happens in the NFL. So just for the record... I beat the Chargers four times with the Broncos before their game on Sunday. I think that's not surprising. How many yards did Justin Herbert throw for? Uh, actually, only threw for 40. Oh, wow. I shut him down. I mean, like, people were talking good. I mean, he's looked okay, I think. But, you know, that's whatever. Philip Rivers is he, He's not a bad I mean, here's No, he's else. not. He'll this be season, fine. This season for me is kind of um, – I'm just watching it, right? Yeah, I mean, I you're just the, sticking pins in things. Just, yeah, I just want the Broncos to finish at 500 by the playoffs, and then I'll be okay because I know that the injuries – and it's not just the Broncos. It's a, it's a lot of teams. There's yeah. a lot of guys hurt, and I don't I don't think it's worth it. Like, I was looking at um, how the NBA is trying to spin up before Christmas. I'm like, guys, you literally just rushed the playoffs. Yep. Pause. Well, but it's like, it's the money. I mean, it's, it's – I, I get it. You know what I mean? That's – and it's it's – it's wrong, right? But it's where we are. And that's like, <laughs> I was, I think it was Bamani that was talking about like, you know, people think that 
there are people here at ESPN that don't want football to happen. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. Like if you understood just how much more money football generates in this country compared to all the other sports, like that's what makes this thing go. And it's, that's not necessarily a good thing that this is where we find ourselves, but there's a lot of people with a lot invested in making sure that this continues. And so they're going to do everything that they can to make this happen. It's the same thing in like the college football. I mean, you have the big 10 who sat there and said, no way we're not going to play. It's not safe. Right. And then they're like, Oh, other teams are playing. People don't seem to be getting very sick. We kind of look like we panicked and pulled the trigger too soon. Our fans are and families are upset. We'll go ahead and play. Boom. Wisconsin's got an outbreak. Boom. Clemson's Trevor Lawrence is now going to miss at least two games. I mean, and they almost lost that freaking game to Boston College. Like, this is going to screw up the whole season. They're going to get crushed by Notre Dame next weekend. That's my thing. It's just like, hey, I, I want sports to happen, like just like probably a lot of other people. But it's like, at what cost? Yeah. And that's the thing you have to weigh. You know, I and so it's interesting you say that because we talked about it. I think it was on the podcast. It might have been one of our side conversations at one point, but I'm pretty sure that we talked about it on here. I have to go back and figure out which one episode it was. But guys like Cam and guys like Zeke Elliott who had COVID and have come back and have not looked the same. Right. Cam's oh. a little tricky because he's had a lot of different injuries and he's had his ups and downs. But dude looks solid those first couple of games. But now I, he's like he's playing like Cam where it's inconsistent. Like I actually yeah. I was gonna call you and say I'm taking back everything good I said about Cam Newton being a good quarterback because <laughs> I don't know if it's the COVID or if it's just Cam Newton just at the end of the day. Cause I know he's told a reporter make a point about how I dress, but I'm not gonna change it. And I was like, and there he is, you know, didn't take long. So I don't, I don't, I do, I am going to take back what I said about um, the Patriots. I don't know if uh, they're going to make it to the playoffs, but that's a whole other story. No, I mean, it's not looking like it. I don't think that they did enough to rebuild. I think to some degree, Belichick, I mean, not not that he like was, I'm putting a pin in the season, um, but (laughs) I think there is an element of him kind of going like, we're going to just do what we can understanding that we're pretty limited in what we're when i mean it's not like he's got to worry about his job right yeah. you know i mean like nobody's gonna blame him for what happens this season <laughs> well, i mean i think uh i don't know man I, I just and you're probably right with the after effects of covid and when you think about maybe there's a more physical like degradation for those guys you know, because the average person that's getting COVID is probably not going to go and, you know, play four quarters or yeah. hit the weight room and, and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I don't know, but I, I just, I don't want to see anybody hurt. I mean, I can not like the team, but I'm not going to, you know, be like, yo, I hope Cam Newton, you know, pulls everything. That's wrong. Yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah, it's, <laughs> you're not, you're not sitting here going like, like man, I want Cam Newton to become the best quarterback ever because you're not like invested in him in that way. But you're also yeah. not like, man, I hope everything bad happens to Cam Newton. <laughs> I, know. 
I just, I, you know, I, we've talked about it before. I feel like he's always kind of gotten a bad rap. I was talking about it with my parents, or at least my dad, um, down at the beach, and he 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 was like, "Well, that you know, you know whose fault that is? That's his old man because of all the stuff that happened at Auburn and you know Florida and all the money he was trying to get." And I'm like, "Okay, but he wasn't even like talking to his dad. Like he had nothing right. to do with that." And he's like, "Well, I'm not saying that he did, but that's whose fault it is." And I'm like. But we're still blaming Cam. Like, why is he the one that everybody's pissed off at? Like, I mean, I, and I just, I also feel like if if he played any position other than quarterback, everything else that he's done would not be looked at in the same way. And I get that to some of degree course. in the NFL, right, because of the quarterback position. But I th- also think that, like, people looked at what he did the first few years, and they never gave him a chance after that. I mean, like, I feel like if you go back and watch the last three or four seasons, not in terms of his play on the field, but in terms of his leadership on the sideline, in the locker room, the, his his taking responsibility for things in the press conferences, I just think, like, what more do you want from the guy at that point? He's doing his best to try and figure out how to make this thing work. He went to a Super Bowl. He got crushed by a really good defense. And the Panthers never figured out how to put enough shit around him after that to make it work. And then he's been dealing with injuries that prevent him from doing all of the things that he was his, physically his talented injury, to do. His injuries are because of why? Because the Panthers had an offense no, built no, around no, no. running because Cam Newton. Right. Okay. So that's that's – See, I kind of so, blame the Panthers for Newton, like I blame the Chargers for Philip Rivers. Like they <laughs> gave him opportunities, but then you have the whole Mike McCoy era where it's like, I mean, they sucked. North Turner was like okay for a couple of seasons, and then he sucked. You brought in Anthony Lynn, and like you started to get it turned around, but then injuries and all this stuff. I mean, like AJ Smith, the general manager that got rid of Tomlinson and Sean Merriman and all right. these other guys, that dude will forever be dead to me. Like I, I never forgave him after that when he ran off Vincent Jackson. I was like, "What are you doing? You're so trading I, Vincent Jackson." I was talking to one of my sons the other day, and uh, we we're talking about sports. And I actually stopped talking. He goes, "Dad, what happened?" I'm like, "Well, I was just thinking about something." Chris and I we were talking about sports, and then I kind of let it go. I didn't go too deep. And I was like, and I was trying to figure out why. And I, I remembered. I literally was watching Back to the Future with uh, with my wife, and they had a Beckett magazine, right? Yeah. And I was like, that's it. I ruined a good friendship when I was a kid, Ken Griffey Jr., over freaking baseball stats. PTSD. So, like, we argued over, like, seriously, you ever, did you ever trade baseball cards? Uh, Yeah, a little bit, but I never, it wasn't, like, about the stats and stuff. So, so. Oh, dude. That was like Wall Street money when I was a kid. I'm like, yeah, you, nah. That's, I still nah, have. Do you have baseball cards still? I've got, yeah, I've got a few. I still have like piles from my yeah. childhood. We should, we should go through them at some point because I probably got something that. No, I probably have, like, again, like I literally. I would I love to see. Yeah, We'll have to. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> but you point but i remember like i was talking like but you're saying so you ruined friendships over ken griffey jr cards i i literally remember that card it was his uh second season at his rookie and his year two and we were looking at projected for the trade right mm-hmm. and i want i don't remember what he had that i want that i i think i was going to trade a cal ripkin and something else with one of the ken griffey's 
I was keeping year one, getting rid of uh, season two for somebody else. I don't remember, but I know that we went way into bad stats and we stopped talking like literally, like it was like, wow. And it really scarred. I'm not, I know it sounds kind of soft coming for me. No, I'm just literally like we argued for three hours and I remember holding the Beckett, like, like freaking arguing over freaking baseball stats. It was the most insane, stupidest thing I look back now. It was probably 14, 15. No, I was probably 13. And I was like, dude, I, I will never do that again. So I really. That's just, funny. I, I I guess I never got into anything. You that know, deep? Tr- yeah, that deep in terms of, I mean, like I, you know, I, I had baseball cards when I was younger. I, I got into Magic the Gathering for a while. There was Yu-Gi-Oh cards at one point. Never did Pokemon. Pogs, you know, were like a thing, I think, in fourth and fifth grade. But like, I don't know. I never really cared about the inherent value. It was more about like playing the game or like having fun and like you know sharing that experience with friends but yeah i just um i don't know like the the baseball card stuff i never understood i didn't understand the value of the cards themselves right like i it was more right. just like i liked baseball growing up and so i just collected a bunch of baseball cards because i watched baseball and like you know i had a bunch of a's guys so like ricky henderson and dave stewart and those guys that i really liked um mcguire but yeah it's just uh i never got into it that much i didn't there wasn't anybody else that i knew at that age when i was collecting that was that into it and i probably got out of it around like third grade so when i was like eight or nine maybe yeah, i was older. heavy into i was heavy into sports when i was younger and like obsessively and so i think that's probably why when we i don't get that been out of shape over anymore and like yeah that's that's kind of See, and I went, I went through the sports stats phase, like obsession, probably about 10 years ago. Was really? It, yeah. Right around the time that like probably Rivers went to the NFL um, was when, because that was when I really like started trying to figure out every, like trying to understand football more from like a, you know, an X's and O's perspective, um, how the team worked in unison, the the whole draft process, you know, trying to identify talent, how you build the team um, and starting to look at stats and stuff like that to the point where, and, and then it kind of translated into NC state stuff. I mean, like, cause I mean, as we've talked about, like that's my, my starting point for all of my sports right. fandom, essentially uh, at least my, my modern sports fandom. But yeah, I, I, I got really into that for a while. I still like, looking at some of the stats from time to time, but I'm not as like obsessed with it as I was at one point, but I still, I, that's just crazy, man. I can't imagine like sitting there arguing over the stats of a player or the stats of the players that are involved in a card trade. And then being like, you know what, man, we are so (laughs) diametrically opposed on what these mean and who these players are and what the values of these cards are that I'm literally ending this friendship there is no like there is no going back for us. You have crossed that line. You have stabbed me in the back at two brute. You know, like so, re- remember who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I just like that's what I'm trying to picture. Like, I, how old were you? Like, I had to be like 
13, 14. Okay, yeah, so like young, you know, teenage Andre sitting there being like, no, fuck you, I'm taking, no, you did me seriously, I'm taking my cards and I'm going home. Like, that's you, that's, you're still that guy. You're still, I'm putting a pin in this season because my teams aren't playing well. Like, that's, that's where we are. So, uh, yeah, I'm yeah, just glad to see that, you know, while I'm sitting here maturing in 2020, Andre's just like, no, I'm just going to go back to the way I was when I was 13. <laughs> Or to know like where I like cross my own lines. I'm no, like, yeah. that's what it really is. And you got to understand yourself, right? Like, yeah, my my DNA is kind of like, yeah, that's just not that important to me. Like, I don't need to. And that's kind of how I feel about rosters. All that stuff, like literally, I when yeah. I started to think about how I used to be obsessed with. In Europe, they had these trading cards that were exotic cars, and that's kind of how I got really obsessed with knowing all the, everything about a car, and you know is this McLaren worth as much as this, you know, S class, uh, whatever, you know, and it just was weird, you know, when yeah. you get older and that's what you, it, it was kind of the geeky nerdy thing to do on the offshoots, but it's kind of like, you, you got to control that stuff. You can't let it become like your everyday, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's good to have passions and hobbies, but you can't let it take over everything. Yeah. You, you got to know when to like say, yeah, I like baseball. Yeah, I like basketball. Like, yeah, yeah, I I'm like not... heroin. It's like, whatever, yeah. <laughs> man. I just do it sometimes, not all the time, right? Don't yeah, I love crack cocaine, whatever. <laughs> it's a weekend thing, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's uh, a weekend thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I was like, I was talking to my son about that. I'm like, he goes, Dad, you're like really in? I'm like, yeah, but then I'm not. And he, I started talking about it. I was like, yeah, that's why. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I, and I started to notice that. I listened to one of our podcasts. I was like, huh, I did it there too. And that's why that is. Like, I want to enjoy the freaking game for the game and not obsess over somebody else's life other than my own. See, and I, now I worry that like if I, if I ever get my Madden stuff set up, that like that's going to be the end of our friendship that like I'm going to do something. No, you just don't want to get lose. Well, that's also um, part of it. But no, like I will somehow like figure out a way to surpass you. And you know, when the, when the student becomes the master, ultimately the master's all like, well, fuck you. Cause you're all old. And Chris, like, let me, let me, let me put it to you like this. I've watched my share of Kung Fu movies. All right. Dude, let me put it to you like this. I will, my, um, I know there's no chance. Th there's just like I'm just saying like we've done this. We've done this. I, there's no. I, I mean like I know it for a fact. I just there's there is a part of me that really wants to. I really want to get back into playing Madden, but I just ha I haven't I haven't been putting the time aside to to do it. And I, I feel I like I'm gonna have to start on rookie and then like work my way yeah. up. It's gonna take me years before I'm ready to play. No, no, you don't. You figure out like every game I have, I have a practice squad, right? I, I do. Su I suck at 2K. Like I'm. That's my okay. I got to get better because my kids dominate me in that game, which is sad. And I keep using the Knicks because I'm a glutton for punishment. Obviously, but yeah. But with like, I always have. Shut up. <laughs> so, it doesn't matter what game it is. I find the top rated team, and that's who I practice against. And I will lose until like I get better. Like even in FIFA, I'll you know. Like I played against France and France dominates the U S men's like just every position. There's no comparison until I got to a point where I could actually beat them and just play the game of soccer and not try to play a video game. Uh, Madden. I'm always going to pick the Broncos, but I know the playbook. I know the, I know the roster, you know? Um, 
those are things, but it's fun. That's fun. Trading baseball cards and like arguing, like arguing about a team. Like think about it. If I argued about every freaking reason why the Broncos are having a crappy season, I'd be like, I haven't, I, that's all I talk about. Yeah. Like, no, what? I mean, I totally understand. Trust me. I'm, I am in that same mental state when it comes to sports anymore. I, I had gotten way too deep and it on a, like on a daily level was <laughs> impacting my life in a negative way. Like, I, I mean, I'd have weekends where all of the teams that I'd root for would lose and I'd be like, Shit for like the rest of the week like i would be miserable dude and just because of that you know and it's like and that that was where i got where i was like okay i can't let myself be that emotionally tied to this and so yeah. i figured out how to kind of step back and you know like i i can still enjoy my fandom right i can still celebrate my teams and support them in my own way and yeah. you know like i i don't know I feel like I feel like I probably talk about this and people are like, what a freaking weirdo. This guy doesn't like even want to watch his teams live when they play on TV. Like he just wants to sit here and watch the replays and I, the highlights. Well, I mean, fortunately or unfortunately, I, I can't see every Denver game and I don't have any uh, cool ways to get access to every Denver game this year. Um, yeah, my mom's got not, a red zone down at the beach. So I always like, like I'm like, oh, I got to get out of the beach for football season. <laughs> I've got red. I think I've got red zone with sling, but I don't really I want to watch the game. Yeah, like, the, how, the red zone thing was pissing me off this weekend because we were watching trying to watch like the Seahawks, you know, 49ers game. And there was a play right. where uh, there was like a fumble and the Seahawks. It looked like they recovered it, but I could tell that the guy was out of bounds when he touched it. And so I was saying to my mom, like, no, because she was like, oh, they got it. And I was like, no, he was out of bounds. She's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> And they cut, like, as they're showing the replay and just getting to the point where he's getting ready to go out of bounds and touch the ball, they cut to another game to show another replay. And I'm like, who is in charge of the switchboard over there? This is what I don't understand. Like, red zone people, like, get your shit together. Like, the the freaking, the, I don't even, I won't even come to the announcer, like, the narrator guy that's on there is, like, the host, I guess, is like, uh, hey, guys, can we switch over to this game? Like, what are you doing? How, how are you this many years into this and you don't understand how to? I mean, they had three games going at once. And they would, instead of doing the split screen, like they had been doing all afternoon during the one o'clock games, they were just doing one game at a time. And I'm like, what are you Well, I'll tell you what, thank you, uh, DJ Trump, because your lack of preparation for uh, COVID, I can't go to sports bars where when there were big Broncos games, I could actually go enjoy a freaking game. But you screw that up too. Yep. So just this just in. Uh, it looks like um, Indiana is going to go strong uh, Republican. That was expected. I'm sure. Yeah, I, I didn't really have anything for that. I just happened to see it on the uh, on the. That's shocking. Stage. I mean, I did exit polls and all. And that Kentucky stuff, like... right now is 49, 48. Biden leading. So maybe all the racist people don't live in Kentucky. Hey, maybe Mitch McConnell's seat is a little warmer than we thought it was. Oh, so we you know, all... I would love nothing more than to see that guy turned into turtle stew. Oh, <laughs> oh I'm a turtle. <laughs> oh, man. So, ladies and gentlemen, we've had another great episode. We're glad you're here. And we know it's uh... a great episode. Just so you, you people know, like when we're when we're doing this, we can feel it. 
I don't know why I said that. Now just I can feel it in my plums. <laughs> We're glad we got to kind of get some stuff out of our head. It, it probably gives me a reset so I can uh, watch the clo- the poll closings starting at 7:30 in North Carolina. Actually, it's been moved to 7:45. So if you live in the uh, that extra 45 minutes or 15 minutes is going to provide a ridiculous amount of opportunity for fraud and t- ballot tampering and. <laughs> I personally will be filing a lawsuit uh, that I will be taking all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. No, His team of lawyers will be like uh, nobody, but just crickets. But we hope that everybody did get a chance to vote if you live in the, uh, the, the U.S. And, and even if you didn't, like, or if you don't live in the U.S., I hope hopefully. you figured out a way to vote. Like, yeah. go vote now, you know, just... <laughs> Stand outside and cast your your vote. I declare my vote for Joe Biden. (laughs) We have a number of things on the ballot this year in the United States for our international listeners. Um, Pray for us because we need it. Uh, But we hope every no, seriously, we hope everybody that's in that is a U.S. citizen did vote regardless of who you voted for. It is your chance to have your voice heard. and we, if we can get back to a place where we can have an, a, a pretty good discord and, and talk about things as opposed to the crazy, it doesn't matter who you voted for. We need to have different opinions. That's the only way we get better. So aside from all that, we're glad you joined us. I'm going to, you know, either be excited tonight into the wee hours of the morning or like packing my family up and we're moving to uh, Canada. Are, are we um, going to see some live tweeting on the Chris and Andre show Twitter handle as we're going through the evening tonight? Uh, you, you caught me, didn't you? I noticed you popped on there the other day. <laughs> and you're like, go vote. I won't judge you. Well, I might judge you a little, actually a lot. And I'm like, yeah, that's really going to encourage them to go out and vote, Andre. Thanks. Like, <laughs> uh, So that might happen. I just have to put it on my phone. But um, I... Yeah, this is like Christmas. This is the big day right here. So we've been waiting for a while, for four long years. This is the worst Christmas uh, ever. For another at bat. <laughs> so seriously, like fuck this Christmas. This this sucks. All right, this is this is waking up and mom and dad forgot to buy presents. You know, like there's there's no tree. Uh, this is, I mean, this is the, this it's is Whoville. Like, this is like, this is all like up. gas station toys. Seriously. Stuff. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I got, you know, this is like the year of the Simpsons where Homer blew all the money and he had to go buy like a chew toy for Maggie. Like, Oh, she'll like this. It's steak flavored. Like, no, I, it's, I'm with you in that. It, like the anticipation, uh, the suspense in some sense, right? Like is yeah. It's it's hard to ignore, but um, the good news is, at the end of the day, we'll all wake up tomorrow, and well, most of us, and it, hopefully, the world is still standing. You know, like I yeah. I, I feel pretty confident that that's going to happen. But um, the good here's where you can always rest: the Republicans are going to lose the Senate. You know, I this is where I am struggling. I'll be honest: is like I I want so much to believe that and i want like but i i am i am just really i'm having a hard time i'm having a hard time feeling very confident and i think it is a lot of ptsd from 2016 you know because i did very much go into that thinking there's no way this guy wins i mean you this this 
there's no, who who in their right nobody no no political candidate has had this much shit thrown at him and yeah he's still standing but there's no way that people are actually going to vote for this chump like this is a reality show that they're watching but then they're going to wake up and you know at the end of the day they're either not going to vote or they're going to they're going to vote for but you know, at this point, you've had four years. You've had four years to look at, at not just what he says he's going to do, but what he has actually done. And right. if you, at any point, you know, in this past several months or whatever, the last month or today, went and cast your ballot for Donald Trump, then you have approved the things that he has done. And if you can live with yourself... God bless you. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's like, look, I, that sounds really harsh. I don't mean it to be a, a a judgment like that. I get, I get that people have their reasons, but I hope that we we all right can come to a point where it's not about, like you've talked before. I, I, I know we're like we're trying to wrap stuff up, but you've talked before about with, um, like, famous people, celebrities, athletes. I don't want to know, right? Like, just I like watching you play sports, right? And I think to some degree maybe that's where we need to get with our politicians that it's not about like, you know, like Cal Cunningham. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's perfect. Right. Dude. Sure. You're off having an affair. And yeah, I guess maybe you're a person that says those are the type of people I don't associate with. Right. Uh, cheaters and that, that, that displays a certain characteristic that I don't get down with. I'm fine with that, but you'd be pretty hypocritical if you didn't look at the, what has been going on and what Tom Tillis has done and not said that that guy doesn't have some <laughs> of the he's same the tendencies and, and he's breaking the rules so yeah uh, i mean that dude's had a chance let's put somebody else in office uh, you know like that's where i'm kind of at let's 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 get as much political turnover as we can in the next several years and get some fresh blood in there and people that actually want to do something to help right other let's people reset yep that's where we're, that's where we're, we need a reset so let's let's so do I, it america I, yeah, I hope we I hope we get part of that. So let's I'm really turn America excited. off and then turn it back on. <laughs> Did you unplug it first? Yeah. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> so, I'm glad you guys joined us. Uh, we we love doing this. Obviously, we were. Yeah, I'm glad we didn't do this during the because uh, you. I think this may take you down if we would do this. Oh, thing. I know. Like you have no idea. <laughs> the moment that you logged on and I saw your face, there was a sense of calm. <laughs> that came over me because and I'm not joking like seriously I I knew that I was going to get all of these things off my chest that have been building up for the last week or so and yeah. that alone makes this whole process and everything that we have done over the last almost year now like so worth it for me because like you are my best friend and to get the opportunity to have these conversations on a weekly basis and I don't know, like really kind of questioning what it is that I know and to try and learn and grow and bring something of value to these conversations, right? It's not just about like kind of shooting the ship. And I mean, like, yeah, our conversations are generally very casual, but you know, like, I hope that I, I feel like we provide some level of value at the end of the day. And it seems like we're getting that with, with the listens and the audience that we're building um, so to echo your sentiments, thank you to everybody that has been supporting us. Um, we're really excited to continue doing this. We hope you really enjoy these episodes. If there's anything else that you'd like to hear us cover, you can always reach us at, uh, the Chris and Andre show at gmail.com. Visit us at Chris and Andre show.com. Uh, where are we on the streaming platforms? 
Uh, we're on TuneIn, Apple Podcasts, uh, Pandora, Spotify, YouTube Music. Um, tune in. Tune in. Yeah. That sounds, we're everywhere. Yeah. If you're listening, we're there. Yeah. So We're Visa. We're everywhere you want to be. <laughs> so please always hit us up. We, you can follow us on uh, the Facebooks and the Twitter. I might actually get on the old Twitter thingamabob and, and uh, live tweet some stuff. So, um, yeah, we're glad you joined us. We will keep doing this as long as we have the endless amounts of money to support ourselves. <laughs> and as always, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. Jeez. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>